Hi, this is Louis Canio. Welcome to the Doctor and Dad podcast. This fast-paced weekly podcast delves into the latest scientific findings on how we can all live longer and better lives. I'm the dad, and my daughter, Nicole, is a family medicine doc who trained at the renowned Cleveland Clinic. We hope you enjoy this short, informative show, and please be sure to visit thedoctorandad.com. Uh, and by the way, the doctor is abbreviated in that. So it's T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for the show notes um, and other resources to help you learn about extending your health span. Within the notes, you'll find links to a bunch of stuff we discussed. So be sure to check it out. And thanks for listening. Hi, doctor. Hi, dad. So... In this episode, which is called Go Get Yourself a Dose of Nature, um, uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, beneficial aspects of nature. And it was really prompted by, by a couple of things. A, a study I read about recently um, that got some uh, press attention and, and, and a podcast that I listened to. Um, the, the, the podcast featured uh, a researcher in, the, in this kind of area called Ming I think it's pronounced quo. And I, I, I found it interesting, um, you know, both, both kind of what her studies have revealed, but also that the genesis of her thinking about the effects of nature on humans was learning about the fact that zoo animals like 50 and 60 years ago, when kind of modern zoos uh, in America and other parts of the industrialized world started to be built. Um, they, um, those, the animals in those environments didn't, didn't do well, did not thrive, even though they had ample amounts of food and shelter and safety, you know, that, that kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs type of thing. Mm -hmm. So that, that highest level hierarchy needs, they, they were, they were fine, but they, um, they got sick and died early. And um, what you see now in, in zoos is very different from that, that day and age, uh, which I'm you know, old enough to remember to some extent when you went to a zoo and the animals were in cages yeah, with lots of concrete and steel and whatever. Now, mm -hmm. and you've got a great zoo in Omaha. Yeah. What's the name of the, that zoo? Henry something <laughs> I know. and you're you're a member <laughs> i know <laughs> but it's an awesome i mean i think it was voted like one of the top zoos in the world which is uh, yeah it's usually in the top like two or three yeah that's amazing world. so and when you when you go to that when you go to that zoo the elephants and the lions and all the animals are are kind of in as naturalistic a habitat as you can kind of get as you can get yeah yeah Big, they're roaming and yeah there's except that i think it's the that might be the tiger that seems to be in a smaller cage oh really by itself but no like the lion when we went the last time was on this like huge um rock way at the top just laying there and it seriously looked like lion king sophia was <laughs> amazed by this yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so what she, you know, so reading that kind of, uh, you know, uh, research, she, uh, this Ming Kuo, 
wondered if, you know, this urbanized environment that we increasingly live in could have similarly bad uh, effects on our, our lives. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I found a, a 2015 paper that she wrote, um, uh, which, which where she clearly lays out the fact that the less and kind of summarizes some research. And, and, and I, I guess what the, what the preponderance of research has said is the less green or less natural a person's surroundings, the higher the risk of morbidity and mortality. And this is interesting, even controlling for socioeconomic status and other confounding variables, mm-hmm. because you can, you can, you know, maybe presume that if wealthier people live, let's say, in tree-lined suburbs right. versus less economically advantaged people living in, you know, uh, smaller apartments in, in mm-hmm. you know, uh, the city, then all kinds of other factors can lead to the fact that those, those wealthier folks Absolutely. have better, yeah. better, better health and mental out- outcomes. Um, but so the, the, the important thing is controlling for that. Um, and I didn't go and, and dig into each one of these studies. But also what's interesting is, you know, it's so uh, on one level, it, it, the, the association of the correlations were more nature, better, um, better mental status. So yep. less, de- um, less depression, anxiety disorders, ADHD, that sort of thing. But, yep. it, but it wasn't just that. It was also, it wasn't the men, just the mental piece. It was the physical piece. So everything from, you know, infectious diseases to cancer to healing after surgery, obesity, birth outcomes, cardiovascular disease, every, you know, just runs the whole gamut of, of, <laughs> of kind of health yep. outcomes. So, uh, so it, well, I got I to gotta ask you, um, and, and, and I think I know the answer, and I, I apologize <laughs> for putting you on the spot, but have you ever prescribed more nature to a patient? No, nope, <laughs> never crossed my mind. And I, and I wonder what, what, that, what that patient would say if you, if you did. <laughs> Get yourself out and walk in a park to, uh, to cure that, uh, you know, right. depression well, anxiety and or whatever. It's kind of like this comes this would come after like a recommendation to, you know, meditate and exercise well and eat well, you know, this is like, okay, seriously, now you're telling me I need to go out <laughs> and walk in a park and see the green grass. Um, but yeah. what it kind of does correlate to a little bit more in actual practice would be the um, issue with like seasonal affective disorder where people get depressed in the winter times, the cold months, um, because of the weather and the sunlight. Um, So I'm sure that that seasonal affective disorder um, has a lot to do too with um, not just like the actual sunlight, because we, you can treat it with, you know, sun lamps and that kind of thing, but stuff is gray. You can't go outside. You're not spending as much time outside. Plants are dead. Grass is not green. So it probably has a lot to do, you know, with some of the stuff that they're noticing in these, these studies. Um, I know past winter was rough for us in Omaha and it just dragged and dragged. And once I never like living in North Carolina, stuff is green most of the year. Um, But here it's like once the grass turned green and the leaves turned green, it was like, I, I was like, Oh my gosh, look at how nice everything is. I've (laughs) never 
that was never like a thing for me before but now it's like you know you notice it and it's nice so well and that that so there's a couple of 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 things there I, i think we ought to unpack now one of them is the fact that it is one of the truisms in life i think that we can only appreciate that which we lack so to speak for a a certain period of of time so you're right we take it didn't happen yeah it didn't happen for me until we actually moved to cleveland for residency because pre prior to that you know i had spent so much time in north carolina where the sun was out most of the time but in cleveland over the winter months which are long everything is gray the sun doesn't come out and there's this just overcast all the time everything is gray and then the snow comes and it's dirty and whatever and I remember like that first time after winter when um I remember even texting Brandon being like oh my gosh the sun's out like it's so nice (laughs) I didn't notice the sun before because it was just there but once you don't have it you notice it exactly and that so that, that spans so many things so so and I've, I've talked about this before i think but you know after a fast um p- particularly a long one anything tastes good you know a, a wasa cracker with peanut butter is like a filet mignon yep yep <laughs> so, so you know even though we you know our our, our tendency is to want everything great all the time um, in order to really appreciate the, the, the great things, we gotta we gotta kind of um, mix it up, so to speak. The other thing I, I wanted to point, I wanted to just comment on, and, and it goes back to this, you know, animals in cages not thriving, and humans also is once again, and I, and this is a constant theme within these within our podcast and, and, and kind of our, our discussions is the how um, how linked all of this stuff around um, the things that influence our health span is to um, the the way we evolved as mm-hmm. as humans and the, the the fact that in this case for for eons we existed very much in nature and only for the last couple hundred years have we been transplanted into this society so our you know and 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 for the for most of those eons, it was a brutally difficult life, right? For 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 let's say that those evolving humans, so only the most optimized survived and were able to pass along their DNA, and um, so it's no wonder that you know part of that optimized us for living very close to nature, right? Yep, and certainly. You know, a couple hundred years isn't enough to 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 change that that gene pool. So uh, it's it's no wonder that um, this modern kind of society has some um, some really kind of um, negative impact. Yeah, yeah, not so good impacts on on a, a variety of things. But let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about you know got got me wondering about um, the you know, possible pathways for this, you know, being out in nature to affect, like, let's say something like diabetes or, or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, so, okay. I'm out in nature. Um, 
so so obviously I'm getting some sunshine. Um, I'm probably getting more organic, natural organic compounds than I'm getting in my air conditioned house. Yep. Um, I'm, you know, if I'm if I'm out in the forest, I don't have all of the noises of traffic and right uh, air pollution. Yeah. Yep. So then what is, what is that, what's that doing you think from a physiological perspective that then relates to health outcomes? Um, so there's, I think you can go down a few different roads. I think just mentally it probably increases, you know, all of the, the feel good types of hormones and chemicals and so- decreases less cortisol maybe right decreases stress yeah definitely the stress um relief would presumably cause decreased cortisol levels and we know cortisol levels usually just tend to do bad things and cause inflammation and um and then decrease just in general the the bad things the air pollution the um traffic noise all of that sort of stuff because those those have been shown there's plenty of studies that will tell you about how living close like in cities where there's a lot of air pollution has very clear negative physical effects on your health um so then you would assume being away from that and being in clean environments is going to be beneficial um let's see yeah, and I would say that that well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I've done some um, some hiking, let's say, on the Appalachian Trail. So there, you're you're we're sleeping out, and I'm sleeping out in my hammock at night, whatever. And I get the and I struggle with sleep, but I get the best sleep. Now that's a that's a function too of after a nine mile hike over rocky trails or whatever, you're exhausted anyway. You're you're probably going to sleep well, but um, but. I think it's also all of this, this effect of being all day out in, in, in and right. out, out in nature, um, aside from the, you know, the rustle in the woods that could be a bear that <laughs> increases yeah, the right. anxiety <laughs> level and, and what have you. But, but assuming that's not happening, then maybe yeah. you're more relaxed, your blood pressure is lower, you're more calm, yep. heart rate's normal, exactly um, normalized. And I did read um, I did read about this stuff called um, and I, I'll probably butcher the uh, the pronunciation, but phytoncides, which are antimicrobial volatile organic compounds that you your that plants give off. So you're going to get more of them if you're you know obviously mm-hmm. hiking a trail than walking down a city street. Um, and they've right. been they've been proven to reduce blood pressure, um, alter autonomic activity which is you know all that that stuff that kind of happens automatically within your body and and boost immune system so right. uh, and presumably if you're in nature you're doing some sort of physical activity uh-huh. even if it's just walking versus sitting inside or sitting on a bus or i'm sure that has something to do with it as well exactly like if you spend time in quote unquote nature it's really just you spending time could just be you're spending time outside and that time spent outside is less time sitting on your couch. So we know the benefits of being active. Exactly. Exactly. And it's also been 
hypothesize. I think that, um, you know, so you're outside, you're getting more of those beneficial microorganisms that um, exist in your gut and play such a big role in overall health, both physical and mental. Yep. And there's a ton of people who tell you, I'd much rather run two miles outside than run two miles on a treadmill. And why is that? You know, probably because when you're outside, you're outside. Amen. Amen to that. Absolutely. Um, I do these trail runs at uh, the Whitewater Center here in, in Charlotte occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we've got a race coming up. Um, we're going to do a 15K race over Labor Day weekend. So wow. that's, yeah, that, that'll be the longest one I've, I've done. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a completely different experience than, than even running outside, let's say, in my suburban right. neighborhood. Uh, right. It is so... Um, now it's hard because you're going up, down, around, you got to watch out for tree roots. Um, I yeah. learned that the hard way, uh, and rocks. I think about ankles. Oh. I think about sprained ankles. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, uh, but it's almost blissful compared to, mm-hmm. to, to running on a, 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 you know, a sidewalk or, or what have yep. you. So, um, so, um, so. I, I spoke at the beginning around the fact that there were two things that prompted me that listening to that podcast um, um, about that, that late, that researcher Ming Kuo. The other thing was a study that was just reported on recently in the New York times. And um, it was, a, it was a study that was uh, reported in nature that actually quantified the ideal <laughs> amount of time in nature that we need. And it, <laughs> It turns out it's exactly two hours per week. So less than that is not good. More than that is not harmful, but it doesn't get you much more, according to this study. Now, now that seems very <laughs> tough to wrap your head around that someone could figure that out. Exactly. Um, and, and but I and so I think the the my takeaway. You tell me if I'm. Uh, if, what your what your thoughts are is that yeah directionally this supports what we were just talking about mm-hmm. more time in nature is good but to presume that you can uh, identify an, an effect an effective or most effective dose for that right. is pushing, maybe a stretch yeah big stretch because yeah. you know you can you can just think about the confounding factors with within right. that um, and, and and not only confounding factors but um, but you know obviously it's an observational study you can't do a study like this that you know in a in a clinical environment yeah so we're not looking at you know something that is a cause and effect um, can't prove that it's causing the outcome but Right. And you can get that reverse causality thing going. So, mm-hmm. oh, I'm feeling less stressed. I'm more likely to then plan a day in the park. Or, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I think it, it, this is is a classic example of uh, of the press taking a uh, taking something like a study like this and, and sensationalizing it and then mm-hmm. you know kind of in, in a potentially um, misleading manner so. well making people think oh now scientists have shown that we need 120 out minutes of a week and let's now 
make sure we go outside for X amount of time in order to prevent X, Y, Z. But that's really likely there's a lot of other things um, playing a role. But the average person reading this stuff doesn't always know that or often doesn't know that. Right. Right. Uh, and that's we. Uh, I would say for listeners, uh, go back and listen to our second podcast where we dug deep into uh, types of studies and um, the quality uh, differences. With so I came across uh, another um, paper. Uh, it's uh, from the uh, American Association for the Advancement of Sciences Journal, uh, Science Advances. It's called. It was called uh, Nature and mental health and ecosystem service perspective. So we'll link to this again in the, in the show notes. Um, but it was, it was interesting, uh, you know, they cataloged all of the beneficial aspects of, of uh, that uh, uh, more nature experience for, for humans. But then they took it and said, okay, what does that mean? What, 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 what should we be doing about it? And so one of their examples at least was obviously urban planning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only more green space, but more trees. Um, and, and not only that, um, you know, rivers and streams and, and either preserving them or building them into the environment. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, the, I think the rub is it costs money to do all of those things. Right. And, and not only to do them the first time, but then to maintain and keep them up and what have you. Right. Um, you know, it's interesting. I spent a lot of time in Denver and Denver has the Platte River that runs kind of almost straight through it on the west side of town. Mm-hmm. And they've created this great network of paths, not only to that, but this other smaller stream that that uh, runs into it. Um, uh, something Creek, I forget the name of it. Uh, but uh, so when I go for a run there and and you can you can either run or bike for miles i mean i'm mm-hmm. talking maybe 10 20 miles um, on it it's just it's awesome it's awesome now in denver um, you do have to deal with the homeless and the actually the last time um, i was out there going for a run um, there were these two guys sitting on a rock by the river shooting up so, oh nice yeah so that's that's unfortunately yeah. you know part of part the of other part of the urban <laughs> environment that you got yeah. to deal with. But, um, but, but at any rate, so I would say, would you agree? The bottom line is in this is, you know, forget that two hours a week stuff. Cause you, you, all you, that's the last thing you need is more pressure on you to, to, to check off the box around. Did I right. spend enough time in nature? Right. But, you know, try to try to prioritize it. And certainly, you know, so if the, if the, if the choice is running on the treadmill at home or going for a run in the park, run in the park. Right. Or, or walk in the park. Yeah. yeah. Or take a, you know, just make some time after dinner to go outside for a 15 minute walk yeah. as opposed to your regular after dinner routine because yep. it's going to help you, you know, for all kinds of different reasons. But you also get outside, which yep. we know is beneficial. And because you've got a young child and, and another one soon to soon to come, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, and I'm sure it'd be interesting. I wonder if there are any studies, but I'll bet you on that developing human. Yeah. More time in nature is particularly beneficial. I mean, if it's beneficial for 
someone 40, 50, 60 years old, think about that developing one, two, three-year-old. Right. Uh, and it gets them in a habit of this is like the norm. We don't just sit yeah. Yep. We yep. go outside. Yep. Develops that. Yeah. Sets the stage for that, that being a lifelong habit. So, yep. so yeah. So we, we, you promise me you'll get Sophia out in nature this weekend. We, we take as many walks outside with her as we can, because we can't handle most of her TV shows <laughs> for very long before we want to go insane. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Well, thanks, Nicole. Always mm-hmm. a pleasure chatting with you. You guys have a, have a great weekend. I looked at the uh, the extended forecast. Looks like you guys are going to get a taste of fall pretty soon. I'm very envious. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll take it in the 70s. I cannot wait. Yeah, 50s at night. That'll be yep. beautiful. So enjoy and I uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Talk All right. Soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. You can visit the doctorandad.com, that's spelled T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for show notes to any of our podcasts, as well as other useful info on extending health span. Now the legal disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. And no doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this information in show notes is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not, should not disregard or delay taking medical advice or treatment for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their medical professional for any such conditions. We also want you to know that we take no funding from any product or service that may be mentioned on the Doctor and Dad podcast.